The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Senator Regina Doherty is with us in our Marconi House studio. Colette Bennett, Economic and Social Analyst for Social Justice Ireland. Good evening to you both. Hi, how are you? How are you doing? Good to have you with us. Um, this, I have to say, I'm, I'm having difficulty getting my head around the universal basic income concept. Um, Colette, you might try and explain to me, what is it, why are we talking about it and who'd benefit? Okay, um, so I suppose what is it, first of all? It's, a, it's an income that is unconditionally guaranteed to everybody on an individual basis. So it, it removes those kind of traps where you've got a, a claimant and a dependent adult, as we have currently in the welfare system. So that means that, you know, the wife, and it's usually the wife that, that um, is negatively impacted, that they would get a payment as well as the, their partner. Um, there's no means test for it and there's no work requirement for it. So not, not dependent on, you know, your, your credits or how many hours of work um, in terms of the, the rate of it. And what it does is it provides a floor of income that no one should fall below. It is a safety net, basically. Um, and it would be given to, as I say, to everybody. So, you know, it would, no matter what you're earning or what your circumstances are, are it's for every individual uh, w- within the state. Um, and it's, you know, what it isn't, I suppose, is it's not meant to alleviate poverty. It's a step in, in that direction. Um, and it doesn't remove the need for basic services, for example. So we would still need things like transport and healthcare and, and social housing and childcare okay. and, and, and those kind of things. And is it a payment in perpetuity? Do you get it forever? Do you get it for a set period? How does it differ to, say, the living wage, which is, is a, a target that many are striving for? Yeah, so it is a, a payment that you get whether you work or not, whereas a living wage is for those who are, are in employment. Um, so it's, again, that the people that would really benefit from this are those who don't have an individualised payment, um, are out of work or are for whatever reason. So that could be because they have caring duties. It could be because they're looking for work. Um, it could be because they're in education or they're looking to set up a business. Um, and it, it, it basically, as I say, it provides that safety net to, pr- to allow for that to happen. And we've okay. seen through various different pilots the type of, of things that people can do. It really benefits people in terms of their well-being uh, to have that, that kind of backup behind them. Well, Regina Doherty, do you think it's a good idea? I, I don't. And it's it's the universal part and the everybody that Colette talks about that I don't um, agree with. And so... We looked at it very closely when I was the Minister for Social Protection and the Finnish um, pilot was being run at the time and obviously since then has been subsequently reported upon. And some of the findings are obviously good. I mean, it increased trust in, you know, the population with with their agencies, state agencies such as government officials and, you know, their their, their equivalent of their police force, their Gardaí. Um, It certainly improved people's well-being. Um, But sure, I'm not sure you could... The the, the amount that they did in Finland was €560. You could randomly pick people on the street and give them 560 euros and of course it's going to improve some of their well-being um, but when you look at what's been touted uh, or researched in Ireland at the moment and I think it was only the SRI released it this morning um, an equivalent basic income um, a universal basic income in Ireland of 1200 euros a month which isn't an awful lot of money um, would cost some 50 billion euros and uh, 
I, I don't want to put words in Colette's mouth, but I certainly know that if I was ever privileged enough to be the Minister for Social Protection again with 50 billion euros to spend, I certainly wouldn't be giving it to people who already had incomes, who, you know, who should be responsible for their own well-being and levels of trust. We have some 90,000 children, um, and this is not something to be proud of by any means or standards, um, children living below the poverty line in this country. And if we had that significant amount of money, um, it certainly would be better targeted at people who need it far mm. more. Now there's there's definitely difficulties in the current social welfare system and we could talk about them for hours but I don't think fixing those by moving to a universal system by giving people who don't need money money just because it'll lift their boats or there's an expectation that it'll lift everybody's boats I don't think that would be the best use of, okay. of any C- money that we have. Colette, can I go back to you? A, it's very expensive, 50 billion which is the price tag the SRI have put on it which um, we could do an awful lot with if we had to spend that amount of money but it, it almost removes the individuality from society and I know we need to support people we need to give them a safety net but giving them a safety net when they might need one if if they went out and got a job for example uh, that that doesn't make sense to me yeah okay so a couple of things on that so first of all um, you know, that there are more than 90,000 children living in poverty. There's about 200,000. Uh, secondly, in terms of the, the actual payment itself, that 50 billion is one of a number of figures. There's a range of amounts in the ESRI report that was published this morning. Um, and that is at that, the higher end. Um, to, that, that, to give you a bit of context of for the listeners, that, yeah, they're talking about yeah. a tax rate of 60% uh, to, to fund the 50 billion. So uh, we, we, everyone who was working would have to pay a lot more to benefit those who weren't working to a higher degree, if I could put it that way. But what, again, what that is, is one of a number of different scenarios, and it's the higher end scenario that's been selected there. The, the lower end would be about 30. Um, and what that would, you know, the, the, where some of that would be taken from would be the savings from the administration end of it. So, for example, if you have means-tested payments, if you have a number of different types of payments, depending on the household, depending on the the circumstances, that takes a lot of money to administer. Uh, So you'd be making savings there. You'd also be making um, or generating revenue by the fact that income above the, the basic income mark would be taxed. So you're looking at a change not alone to the welfare system, but also to the taxation system to make sure that there is enough to support this so that it's it's being funded, essentially. But it is high. Um, no matter what scenario you have, the tax is going to be higher than it is now at 44%, not including the other bits that you add to it in terms of universal social charge. Well, it's, it's about, I suppose, what you hope to achieve through this type of system. And if you hope to achieve greater equality and better well-being for everyone in line with the government's commitments, not alone in relation to the universal basic income, but in relation to their well-being framework that they've put a lot of effort into, um, then that is that is what we need to be striving towards. I mean, we, we always look wistfully towards the Scandinavian model. They have really good income. They have really good services, but they have and quite very, high very tax high rates. taxes. Very but high taxes. They do, but they, all, they use those taxes in the right way. They use them to subsidise society. They use them to subsidise childcare and housing. They use them to support, through a welfare system, um, their, their citizens. And that's really what we, we work towards. That's what we're okay. striving towards. 
Regina Doherty, it's down to the fact that the Irish state is incredibly inefficient when it comes to divvying things out and taking responsibility. You talked about the, the trolley crisis earlier on, how a little bit of ingenuity in one part of the country means it no longer is a problem. In other parts of the country, it's chronic. Uh, we, we aren't very good at administering things. We could save a lot of money if we took on this model, according to Colette. Well, so I don't agree because whilst there would be some savings, they would be very small in the overall context of the current budget of £24 billion of the Department of Social Welfare at the moment. And to be honest with you, um, having sat around the European Council table with other social welfare ministers uh, across Europe, our transfer system is one of the most effective across the European Union. So we do a pretty good job, notwithstanding that there are obviously difficulties. Um, The biggest problem that I have is that such an enormous, costly experiment would be giving people who do not need the money and the supports from the state money and supports from the state, whereas there would be other people who absolutely desperately do need. And I can tell you, and this isn't anecdotal, from the number of years, the four years that I spent in the department, one of the biggest criticisms that I would have received by either emails or post is that we were giving people money for doing nothing, which is misplaced because that's not true. The state is supporting those people. But if we had a universal basic income, we absolutely would be giving people money who do not need it for doing nothing other than in the hope that, it, you know, by lifting their boat, they would lift everybody else's boats. And I think something that's far more targeted uh, would be far more beneficial. Uh, mm. We need to have a look at the cost of disability report that was done a number of years ago and reflect the fact that people who are entirely dependent because of their disability on the state shouldn't be expected to live on the same money as a job seeker should be. We need to look at the support services. And you're right, we do need to streamline them because they're not the same in Donegal as they are in Dingle or in Dublin. You know, there are differences in the delivery of services because of either local authorities or because of state agencies. We need to get better and smarter at these things, but we certainly don't need to give people money who don't need it to be taxing people who don't want to be taxed in the first places uh, to be giving um, universal incomes to people just because we think it'll raise all our boats. Senator Regina Doherty in our Marconi House studio. Colette Bennett, Economic and Social Analyst for Social Justice Ireland. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, Certainly, it's it's a talking point. Um, we know universal payments don't work. Well, they do work because everybody benefits from them, but it's like children's allowance. People who are on a good income, and I include myself in that category, thankfully, we don't need the children's allowance the same way that people who don't have a good source of income at the moment need it. Yet we all get the same amount. Same with the electricity credits. Again, not complaining. Delighted to have the money coming in because the ESB bills are very high, but why are we targeting everybody with the same benefit when we could be targeting a little bit better in other ways? The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.